are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Didn't you enjoy that today? Amen. Thank you. Yeah, give them a great hand. There's this, uh, this place here. I never saw a preacher preach from a place like this until Pastor Rhett came. Wish I'd have known this when I was 19 and started pastoring. I'd have just sat here the whole time. This is. Don't you think when he sits here, he's just kind of like having a conversation with you? Isn't that what it feels like? Me too. I was here last Sunday. He was sitting here, and they scrolled it through, and the lights got dim, and the lights came up, and here he was. Uh, I love Pastor Rick. Uh, he's one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard. He's, uh, he's a great friend, and he has a great sense of humor. So if you're visiting here today for the first time, you need to be back next Sunday to hear a good preacher. He's going to be here. <laughs> he, he's great, and he's going to be here next Sunday. But... Sitting there last week when, when it rolled up, I thought, I wonder what he's thinking when he's sitting here. Did it ever cross your mind? <laughs> I do know how great we are to have him on the district. We're thrilled that he's here. He and Annette are some of God's very, very special people. And I am thrilled that he's the pastor of Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. You've had some incredible pastors across the years that have uh, delivered the Word of God to you. Incredible. All of them in their own way. But Pastor Rick is a great pastor, and we hope he's here for a long, long, long time. Amen. You're a great church in many ways, and uh, one of the ways is because of your commitment to missions, both overseas and uh, here in Bethany and Oklahoma City, and I want to thank you for that. What a great commitment. Now, you know Pastor Rick is in Swaziland today, right? You, you know that with your team. And uh, I'm sure they're doing deep spiritual things right now. I, I'm, I'm confident that they are. We have great technic technicians here that are able to right now tap into Pastor Rick. And we're able to see exactly what he's thinking at this very moment. <laughs> I guess we picked a bad time to tap into that, didn't we? I'm glad your pastor believes in missions. And uh, that has been made most evident these last months and years, especially since he's been here and you're in downtown and midtown and in Two Lakes, as well as your desire to be in Swaziland. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I'm really serious when I say this one. I love to hear your pastor pray. I really do. And before he left, by the way, he, we worked with him through this. This is not a surprise to him. I want you to know that. 
Um, I do like to make fun of him, but I do want him to know that I'm having fun with him. So, uh, But I, I asked him if he would mind praying for this service today. So would you bow your heads for just a moment, and Pastor, would you lead us in prayer? Let me take a moment and pray for you this morning, okay? Would you bow your heads with me and let me ask God to bless your time together today? So, Father, thank you so much for this wonderful church. What a blessing it has been to so many for so many years. And as people have joined together here today to worship, we're not just asking for a time together, but God, deep in our hearts, we have a desire. We want there to be a definite experience of your presence. I want you to speak to people today, Lord. I want you to make your will known. I want you to reveal yourself. And I pray that you speak powerfully through Dr. Rowland as he brings your word today. Anoint him. Use him. Let people leave the service this morning. Different people because they have been in your house and been in your presence and you have spoken through your preacher. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor has been leading us into a new series. And I, I love it. What if I don't know what I believe? I have the distinct privilege today of talking from the Articles of Faith, number two, that we believe in Jesus Christ. And it's going to be up on the screen, and I want you to read that with me, if you would. We believe in Jesus Christ, the second person of the triune Godhead. We believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins and truly rose from the dead. We believe he ascended into heaven and is there engaged in intercession for us. We believe that. It's the cornerstone of everything that we have in our theology. It's who we are. Jesus taught us some interesting facts, but he had to come into our world that we might get to know him. In John, the first chapter... And the 14th verse, it's the capstone of our total belief system. And it goes like this. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and the only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow. We believe Jesus Christ was from the beginning. In fact, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In other words, the Word is God Himself. Maybe your mind can wrap around this. Mine can't even begin to comprehend the fact that Jesus Christ, God, 
had no beginning. In the beginning of creation was God. He was already there. The Word, God, was already there. And the Word became flesh. We call him Jesus. He was human, and yet he was God that was the creator of the universe. The ultimate revelation of God. He is the living picture of holiness, the one in him all things hold together. Colossians 1, 17. Jesus Christ, the creator, put himself in his own creation. Think about that. We take it for granted. We live on this side of, of the uh, birth of Jesus and, and this side of the cross and this side of the empty tomb. And we take for granted the fact that Jesus was human. But wrap your mind around the fact that he was all human and he was all God. He knew no sin, yet he took on the human aspect of life that you and I might be able to serve a God that understands all things that we go through. He was God, made manifest in human form. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the one that came to earth in the form of God. We also believe in Jesus Christ, the Savior. Go back to Christmas time and we read these passages of Scripture, but let me read it for you again today in Luke, the second chapter. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. <laughs> I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the peoples that today in the town of David a Savior, a Savior, the Savior has been born. We've been used to hearing from the prophets. And now we're about to hear from God himself. Because God will be skin. God will be the one that will talk to us and walk with us and show us what holiness looks like. And God came to die for all peoples of all time. In the beginning was God, and now we see God as the Savior. God is the Savior for each of us individually, personally, not just for the prophets to tell us that there is a Savior coming, but He is our individual Savior. On the cross, when Jesus died, the veil of the temple was rented too, so we have the privilege of coming directly to him and talking with him. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just 
to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Jesus came and changed the world for all time. He even changed the, the time. This is 2017. And we dated on the fact of when Jesus Christ came into our world. I don't know what that looks like to you and what that means to you. But it means something like this, that wherever you and I go now, we now have a, an example of Jesus Christ and what he what he looks like and what he did because of his life, and we are to look and act like Jesus in all that we do. That's incredible. Yesterday evening, my uh, seven-year-old grandson and I made a trip to Chick-fil-A. I'm a big-time spender. And uh, Trippy is, uh, he's an he's a incredible little boy. And while we were sitting there uh, eating, he announced that it's now time to go home. And so Papa T and I got up and started out of Chick-fil-A. When the person walking behind, uh, li- working behind the counter walked out and said, we have two extra ice cream cones. And if you'd like to have them, they're yours. I said, no, we don't. We don't want those, do we, Trippy? <laughs> Trippy's eyes got huge, and we realized we did want those ice cream cones. <laughs> so we took them. His response was, Papa, this is a fantastic day. It's fantastic. They were the large ice cream cones. I'm not exaggerating. They were huge. We took them out and got in the car and started home, and we were driving a little bit, and Trippy says, this is a fantastic day. Yes, it is. It is. As we started out the door, the person working the counter said, like they do at all Chick-fil-A's, I think, have a blessed day. And I said, you too, sir, and thank you for the ice cream cones. And he said, you're welcome. And we walked out the door. And there was a person standing at the door waiting to come in that announced, we're here if you're giving anything away. And the gentleman said, well, I gave away the ice cream. But if you'd like to step in, I'll give you myself And it looks like Jesus. And I went, wow. Wow. I wonder what Jesus looks like in your everyday life. Does he look like one that is pulling people to Christ? Is he the ultimate in you that's bringing us to his glory? The Word became flesh because He loved us so much. And in a world that is now so divided, in a world that is pulling apart at the very seams, I wonder if once again we need to see Jesus in the flesh. 
bringing us to him. In the beginning was the word. The word still lives in our hearts through Jesus Christ. Um, my father passed away when I was 14 years of age, and I have two sisters. Both of them are older than I am. One's 22 years older than me, and the other one is 15 years older than I am. And mother, mother thought she had a tumor, and here I am. It's, it's, um, <laughs> she had a nine-pound, three-ounce tumor that uh, was born. And uh, mom, uh, mom adjusted to life in some unique ways. And when my father passed away, she became, she was the first lady of the church. And all of a sudden, all income was gone. And mom started working at the uh, Capitol Hill Junior High School cafeteria. What a change of life. I never saw her become bitter in any way. I, I watched her go through life with the best attitude I've ever seen from a human being. I, uh, I admired her so much that I did not want to do anything in life to really disappoint my mom or to hurt my mom because of the respect I had for her. Um, mom in our eyes, was a saint because of her prayers. And I remember them well. But the last uh, few years of her life, she did not know us. And I would walk in and say, Mom, it's Terry, your, uh, you know, your favorite child, and I'm here to see you. And she'd have no response the last two and a half years of her life. Alzheimer's is a crazy disease. It's hard on the family, but it's, it's life for the person that's involved in it. Every day is a new day. Every minute's a new minute. And she didn't know us the last two and a half years. And that was tough. She was living with my sister in Columbus, Ohio. And we were living in Indiana at the time. And I'd drive over 130 miles and visit as often as we could. And she didn't know us. My sister would call and tell me some of the crazy things, you, and you either learn to laugh or you cry or you do both. One day she called and said, Terry, I just got to tell you, we have another one to write down in our book. Said, I was busy in the house doing something, and uh, all of a sudden the doorbell rang, and I went to the door and opened it, and it was my neighbor down the street, and she has mom. Mom got out. Mom walked down the street, and she saw a door was open, so she walked in, and they were eating supper, and she just walked in and sat down at the table with them and started eating. Made herself at home. The lady recognized her and said, I thought maybe I should bring her back, and my sister was so apologetic and said, I'm so sorry, and that's okay, she said. One day, Mom was in the house and a lady at the church brought coconut cream pie over and mom loves coconut cream pie and she she really does and uh so they went and set it in the kitchen and my sister and this lady was having a conversation before she left and 
They talked for a little while, and my sister walked in the kitchen. There sat Mom at the table eating a piece of coconut cream pie. So my sister said, I'll, I'll just get a piece and join you. And she went over, and the, the pie was gone. <laughs> my mom, in a matter of a few moments, had eaten the whole coconut cream pie. But she did get a new plate for each piece that she, uh, she had. And a new fork. <clears throat> she loved, she loved life. But she, she loved God. And I know Alzheimer's affect a lot of people in a lot of different ways. I understand that. But for my mother, she came, she became even sweeter. And she was so kind. She never once tried to push us away. She did have church a lot. We'd go in the living room and she'd be having a missionary lesson. And if I'd walk in, she'd want to know why, why, why are you late? We started several minutes ago. And, and if I would say something to Judy or to my sister or something, she'd tell me to be quiet. This is, this is, this is church. So we did. We just obeyed her. She was always in the mind of spiritual things to the degree that when we start to leave, we'd always have prayer. And I'd say, Mom, we're getting ready to go home, so we're going we're gonna to pray. Now, to, that didn't mean anything to her for me to say that, but if I would say to her, Mom or Mrs. Rowland, I'm the pastor at the Nazarene Church. Then she'd say, oh, how many did you have in Sunday School Sunday? How's the church going? She would respond if, if I would tell her I'm from the church. But if I was her son, she didn't respond. So I'd say, Mom, we're getting ready to pray. We're going to go home. And we'd gather around, and I would start with, Dear Lord... That's usually as far as I'd go because she would start praying. I'm talking about a personal relationship with God that is so real you can't get away from it. And in her Alzheimer's state that did not know we were standing right there, it's her family that was there, she would talk to God about us and call us by name while she talked to God. Often I'd want to say, hey, I'm right here. This is me you're, you're talking to God about. And she'd push my hand away and she'd, just, she'd talk to God about Terry. Terry Clay needs God. <laughs> yes, he does. And she'd talk about my sisters and she'd talk to God about us all. Many, many times I'd go get in the car and drive that 130 miles back going, I want to have that relationship with Jesus Christ that is so deep and so real, so personal, that in the midst of not even able to recognize what else is going on in life, that relationship with Christ still comes through. And I've prayed, God... Help us to get a new vision 
of the fact that God of the universe, the God that's always been and shall always be, became flesh because you wanted us to have a relationship with you. Do you know this morning that God wants to know everything that's happening in your life and he wants to be a part of it? He really does because he loves you that much. We'd walk out the door, say, Mom, I'll see you next time. We'll be back. She broke her hip. She was in the nursing facility. It was Thanksgiving. I said, I'll be back the, right after Christmas. And once again, as we left the room, we left the room with her praying for us. And that's the last words I remember from her. She died on December the 26th, the day after Christmas. And when I got the phone call, I reflected back. The last thing I heard her say was, Dear Lord, keep Terry safe. Hmm. What a relationship. That in the midst of the unknown, he's known. In the midst of uncertainty, he's certain. In the midst of the difficulties, he is peace. Whatever you need from him, he is God named Jesus. And he loves you. Do you bow your heads with me for a moment? Across this congregation today, there are those of us that are walking through some difficult times. Perhaps physical difficulties, perhaps situations with your children, perhaps decisions that need to be made in your life. Perhaps today that uh, there's loneliness that's there, difficulties. I want you to know today that God knows where you are and just what you need. He really does. Some of you may want to come and pray around the altar, and that's, that's, that's great. But as Pastor Rick prayed today, I pray that there'll be those that'll just say, Lord, I need the God that became flesh to touch my heart in some fresh ways today. And I need to talk to you about some things. And perhaps you would just like to stand where you are this morning all across this congregation. And, and in, in doing that, you're saying, Jesus, here am I. I need a fresh touch from you. Or I need to share my burdens with you. I need you to know how much I really love you. And I need you this morning. He cares. He really cares. So right now, if, if your heart and body and soul is hungry and hurting for 
the one that became flesh, to talk to you. Would you just stand where you are and remain standing there for a moment and let me pray with you? Many of us. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you so much. God bless you. Many of us today. Many of us today. There may be someone standing close to you that you would like to stand with them and put your hand on their shoulders while I pray. Maybe someone wants to come and kneel with the one that's at the altar. I just want to pray for you this morning. And I want you to sense the presence of the one called Jesus in your life. Father, we're not here today by accident. We came on purpose because we needed a fresh touch from the living God. We needed the one called Jesus. The God called Jesus. The Savior called Jesus. The one that is interceding for each of us at this very moment. We needed to talk to you today. We need you this morning. We want you. We desire you. Would you touch our hearts? From those that are facing physical challenges to those that are facing decisions, those that are burned today almost beyond comprehension with some situations in their lives, you touch them afresh this morning? Oh God, the creator God, the flesh Jesus, the Savior, would you do a special work in their lives right now? Thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you that we're going to leave in a moment with new determination to be like Jesus, to look like you, to talk like you, to act like you, to reflect you, to react like you in a world that desperately needs to see you. And we'll give you praise for that. And we'll thank you. For it is in the name of the one that's always been and shall always be that lives in our being, the one called Jesus. We pray and ask it all. Stand with us if you would and let's sing together. And we'll thank the Lord for his presence. Yeah. 
church, we are called to be salt and light to our world. We are to take the presence of Christ with us wherever we go. So I dismiss you now with the blessing that you are called to be his hands, his feet this week. Go live out his presence wherever you go and be Christ to someone else. God bless you. You are dismissed. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.